Say hello. Look, that's your brother. That's your brother. Hello. 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 No. No. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 27 of the Coffee Club Pod. We're back again. George and I are here in Boulder, whereas Ollie is all the way down under. Uh, how you doing, Ollie? No, nah, good. Made it. Made it home. Actually got into yeah. the country this time without quarantining, so that's nice. Yeah, that's pretty huge. We got a, we got a lot to talk about, but first off, want to give a quick shout out to Neil Carnahan. Is that how you say this last name? I'd say so. And he's, well, actually his wife. So Neil, I believe, is a fan and his wife reached out to us to send us beans, which is so nice. And they sent us like a lot of beans, like, and they look really pretty. So we're very excited to try them. What's the, what's the roaster's name? Carabesset Coffee Company. We're not actually drinking them because of the time change. You can blame Ollie. It's quite late in the day for me and Morg. So we're having a cup of tea and Ollie's holding it down with a, with a coffee. I got a coffee right here. Yeah, but uh, tea for us. But uh, related to coffee announcement, our beans should go on sale again next week, next Saturday. So... Uh, look out for that. It'll be posted all around our Instagram and stuff. So we'll uh, talk more about that next week. But yeah, next Saturday, they should be out again, which is very exciting for us. But um, let's just roll into it. So you may be able to hear that my voice sounds a little bit different. Wait, George, does your voice sound different? Ollie, do we sound weird? Yeah, you guys do sound weird. You both sound yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, so we, George and I both have COVID right now. <laughs> for anyone Bless. who's wondering, yeah, we're like, we're, we're like pretty sick. Well, it's kind of like a weird um variety of symptoms we got going on pretty much the team has been struck by covid finally it's such a random time because it's not like it's not like covid is booming right now or anything but uh here in boulder with our team specifically like everyone has got it within the last week and it's just been pretty unavoidable and super weirdly coincidentally george got it at the same time but in Serbia, yeah, I just, I'm just making out with Yako after yeah. the race, I guess. <laughs> so it's pretty random. It. Like, yeah, we we all had it here, and we all tested positive, and, we, and then like George got it like on it once he got back to the US, he tested positive as well. So it was like, so our house right now is just like a you know kind of bubble uh, isolating type thing. So uh, we're taking it pretty easy. Like not much is happening here. Honestly, I haven't tried to run. I think I'm on day three, no running. I have a very sore throat tight throat as you can tell and like my body is just like weak so i'm like i couldn't run if i wanted to i think george your symptoms yeah, i feel like bad, I, know, I feel like the serbian variants maybe like hitting me a little different. <laughs> different my throat is all good i've just i feel like i'm i'm like hung over all the time like i feel pretty fine if i'm just sitting still but if i like try and move my head super quick it's like my i like my head's just like a bit achy and that I'm sounds worse like, kind of blocked up Based on George's symptoms sound worse than Morgan's. Like, if I, I, had to pick I one. reckon chest stuff is worse. Like, chest and throat is so annoying. Yeah, yeah I, like just, is annoying. I like. I wouldn't be able to run if I tried to because I've been going for walks and I'm like pretty tired. Like my muscles and stuff after walks and I tried playing basketball and I was like wiped. It's it's pretty interesting because my parents back home in Australia had COVID a few weeks ago and they have like the exact same symptoms that I have. So it's like it's probably genetic, I guess, like how, how your body reacts to it. Because there's some people here who have tested positive and they are asymptomatic. And I'm just wondering, like, I don't, I don't really understand why it can be. It's weird that it can be such a wide variety of symptoms, but Ollie, 
back home in Australia, you don't have COVID. No, I don't. We hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, How many taken? I've taken. I'm taking one this morning, but I've take. I took one when I got back in, and it was negative antigen test. Um, and yeah, I actually, if anything, I've had the opposite reaction coming back home. I've gotten some good sleep. Um, I'm back in the tent, and I did a really good workout yesterday. So everything's been looking good so far, but we should see what happens in the days to come. But yeah, at this point in time, I'm like in an opposite trajectory to what you guys are at. You guys are feeling pretty shit. I'm feeling pretty good. You're like the only one that actually needed it based on, we'll get into it later, based on needing to be feeling good next week. Yeah, exactly. It's not the worst timing for us. I think I had the longest travel and like the craziest travel, like the the travel to um, from Europe or from Serbia to Australia was just so shit. Yeah, take us through that because, like, I, even if you weren't sick, I would expect you to feel pretty bad. Like run down, yeah. like the jet lag and stuff. <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was literally a six-hour flight to Dubai in this tight little freaking plane. No one's wearing masks. Like, no one gives a shit. Like, oh, and there's really? kids screaming and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of like Middle Eastern people that just weren't wearing masks and didn't, didn't give a fuck. Like, um, the Kenyan team also didn't wear like masks a lot. The flight. And I was like, I'm definitely getting COVID. There's just no way, like, from this travel. I get into Dubai Airport. There's, like, people coughing and sneezing. Like, this, like, everywhere. And they've got no one's wearing masks. Somebody tried to steal my phone charger. I was, like, sitting. It's, like, 2 a.m. in the morning. I was doing a, a five-hour layover. So, that was a six-hour flight, five-hour layover to the Sydney flight. Yeah, that's pretty And long. I was like, I might have to pull the trigger and just tre- see if I can upgrade a business so I can get some sleep. A business upgrade for the flight was $7,000. So, I was like, <laughs> yeah, not doing that. And then it was a 13-hour flight from Dubai to Sydney. I was in the middle seat and there was two kids in front of me, two babies. They were just screaming the entire flight. I think they didn't scream for like half an hour of the flight. And Wait, um, You had a middle seat? Yeah, I had a middle seat. Oh. AA, AA booked me in the middle seat. And I like, and also there was like the, um, the plane itself wasn't that full, but it was still full enough where you couldn't really move around that much to get spare seats because they asked. And a lot of the people that had spare seats next to them just took them and like laid down and I was just stuck in the middle. It's brutal. I didn't sleep. Yeah. So that was, it was a tough travel, but yeah, no, I'm feeling good. Got back and got rested up, hanging out with uh, the family with Crispy Hoare and Kate and Greg are pretty excited. So yeah, you, you honestly good. look and sound really good. And then we were just talking uh, before the show, you got to see my mother yesterday. Yes. That would have been like your first or second day in Australia and you run into my mom. What are the, what yeah. are the odds? That was, I, I was actually, I was expecting, I haven't really seen that many people. Um, and yeah, we went, we went to Centennial Park, which Morgan and I have trained at quite a bit growing up. That was like the place to train in Sydney. Um, it's also very close to where Morgan lives back home in Australia. And I kind of thought, yeah, if I'm going to see M- Morgan's mom anywhere, it'd be at Centennial Park. And it was pissing down rain. It was like terrible weather. It's been terrible weather here for pretty much the entire summer they said that they haven't really had much of a summer in australia and uh yeah literally about to start the workout and she just comes sprinting running like sub six minute pace towards me gives me a hug and we come and catch up and she's like very worried that i had covid or that i might have covid and she told me about how her, she had COVID. i guess no i guess she literally just had it so i guess she wouldn't be worried yeah well she yeah she's worried <laughs> i think for me that if i got it but um yeah, yeah no, caught up with her do you have to do you have to have any like in Australia, are you supposed to like kind of be staying at home for like a week or something? 
or Dude, is it Australia is ridiculous right now. Dude, mask. There's no mask mandate. Literally, like I'm walking in grocery stores, no one's wearing a mask. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, that's really, how it is as well. To be, to yeah, be fair. there's no one. No one's how- wearing a mask. Like, because here it was very strict, and now it's like literally the opposite. Like, I took dad out to lunch, and there's just no one wearing masks anywhere. Yeah. It's like insane. There's only a certain number. Of, like, it's very low percentage of people, which like is a complete flip from what it was the last time I was here. Yeah, it is pretty wild how Australia's changed a lot, but I think that's kind of just the way the world is going and it's just become commonplace. And yeah, I think it's just so weird that we, we like our circle avoided COVID during like all like the hot, like the times when it was hot and it was like everyone had it and now we have it and it's not even like cool to have it anymore. And we're just like here feeling sick. But yeah, as George mentioned before, not a bad time for us to have it because it's like early outdoor season. So We'll uh we'll survive, I hope. But um moving on from COVID and taking a step backwards to to what has been happening for these boys in the last week. Yeah, as you would know, they both competed in world indoors in Serbia. So we're gonna spend some time covering that. First off, just to get some context, how was Serbia? Like kind of like the experience, like flying in and the hotel and stuff, because yeah, I've 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 heard whispers that I wasn't because these guys, if you would listen to last episode, they're in Munich and they were loving life, uh, running in the forest, <laughs> drinking coffee at the cafe, all that. Oh. I have heard that Serbia was a little bit of a different experience. So do you guys want to kind of give the rundown of of what it was like there? We did a complete 180 flip between Munich and Serbia, I feel like. I think like the first 30 minutes being in Serbia, like really summed up like the whole trip, especially for me, finishing with getting COVID. But like... We flew in from Munich, direct flight, all good. Walked out into the airport and immediately just assaulted by cigarette smoke oh, like in yeah. the arrivals lounge. Like within... Wait, inside the airport? Inside the airport. You can just oh. smoke inside in Serbia. They have like special yeah. rooms for it. Within minutes, like our eyes were like stinging oh. and like already like couldn't breathe. Like wow. when we were getting bags. It was ridiculous. It was so bad. It was like, what kind of world have we just flown into? Yeah. And then they took you to... And then Ollie got taken to the wrong hotel. Pretty yeah. Close. Yes, that was scary. Separately? Dude, we all stayed in separate hotels. US, Wait, uh, US team, Australian team, and New Zealand team were all separate. And Ollie five got hotels in total. Little cab, and he got taken to the wrong hotel. Yeah, I thought I was going to... I thought I was getting like kidnapped or something. Because <laughs> what, hap- what happened was... It was like... So they just like split us up into groups. And Geordie and Dathan and Jason, like the New Zealand guys, all went. So then it was me and Jess Hull left. And me and Jess got into this van and this guy just literally just took us to the wrong hotel after the uh, the main guy that was organizing it at the airport said Radisson, which was our hotel like 10 times. And he went to the wrong hotel. He was literally unpacking all our shit. And like me and Jess were like, no, no, like seriously, this isn't, isn't our hotel. He didn't yeah. believe us. So we had to phone call him and then we eventually uh, convinced him that it wasn't our hotel. So we got back in the car and traveled back to the Radisson. Classic, the US team was at like the, the giant Crown. main yeah. hotel, the Crown Plaza. It was like freaking, the, it was like the biggest hotel I've seen in a while. It's, it's pretty massive, <laughs> and, yeah. And then me and Ollie would, and I, we drove, I drove past, like, you could see Ollie's hotel on the way to the training track. And I was like, oh, pretty sure that's what Ollie's saying. And it looks like mine. It was just like tiny. And yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the hotel was super nice though. It was yeah, super actually, nice. And so was mine. And yeah. there was good food and stuff. So really the hotel think- wasn't. Overall consensus for, I think, me, George, and Alicia, though, like, the people were super nice and helpful, mm-hmm. um, and the hotel was really nice. It's just that, like, the organization, I think, they just weren't fully, 
like it's just like a lot to organize a meet like that and i think it was like challenging for them at some points because like buses and stuff wouldn't go at the right times and yeah they had some cool. sort of issues like that but overall i feel like they did a they, they did a very good job considering what the resources they had but the infrastructure in um in belgrade is something else literally right next to my hotel was a massive old soviet abandoned building just nice. sitting there i have a photo of it and like i'd open my window i was staying with um charlie hunter and it's just destroyed like there's this like a destroyed building next to it. it looks like it's been bombed it was just like there's so much construction going on there's just like yeah. really nice buildings and then there's like rubble like a lot it's, of it was very rubble. it was yeah it was very strange i would like to know if anyone like actually made an effort to go see belgrade a little more because we we left within like 12 hours of finishing our event like yeah we left i left i got up at like 4 a.m the next morning to leave but like i wonder if anyone with an extra day or something went and like saw a little more of belgrade than we did because well, i saw question if you're allowed to do that i mean no one was gonna stop you i, I think World athletics said strict strict covid stuff but belgrade itself didn't have any strict covid stuff yeah. and there's like there's all these really cool churches and stuff i think that they were telling that was the like the landmarks to go and see yeah. Um, but I mean, there was some crazy stuff. I remember, I think this is when George was doing his pre-meet. I think we were heading back and there was a soccer game, football game. Remember this, George? And yeah. there's literally just like riot, this riot people, like riot police. policemen, hundreds and hundreds of them just lining the streets when we're driving yeah. back. It was insane. Like, like outside, never seen anything like it. Yeah. So like the, it was like Europa League, maybe like Belgrade Red Star was playing some Scottish team. And there were, yeah, legit hundreds of riot police in full, like, body armor and, like, plastic riot shields Dude, on the streets. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. They had riot shields. and It looked like Call of Duty shit. Like, they had, like, riot shields and stuff. It was nuts. You guys should have gone to that game. I bet the fans would have been, yeah. like, absolutely wild. I went to – it's pretty random, but I went to a soccer game in Brazil when I was, like, young, and it was the exact same thing. There's, like, hundreds and hundreds of police there, and the fans are, like, just mental and going crazy the whole time. But That's crazy. It was a pretty cool experience, but – um on the same theme the only one the only like person i really kn knew who went and did something was jordan and donnelly so he went out like went out for dinner one night in like more of the downtown area of belgrade and on the same theme smoking was like all g in the in the restaurant so he said like like the food was all good but he was just surrounded by a cloud of cigarette smoke the whole time and just like, I don't know, his food's probably just tasting like cigarette smoke. And yeah. he gets back and like all his clothes just like stink like cigarette smoke. And then his whole hotel room smelled like cigarette smoke. He's in. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't like, avoid it. Pleasant experience. Yeah. What, uh, what, was, what was running like there? Because George mentioned to me that they had told you not to run outside in your team uniform. Is that true? Was that just USA? Someone got no, told um, that. USA got told that. But USA, like they're very, like not to be a dick usa get babied a lot like me and george our federations don't really give a shit like you kind of <laughs> do your own thing you know what i mean like they don't really like like apparently like, with usa they have to like yeah. they have they like required to ask alicia like have you got your bibs on let me see like stuff like that like stuff where you're like this is like you're at a world championship hey, meet. Oh, like, you say that, but <laughs> up to this meet, you've uh, had certain issues with your spikes every time so far. You you could probably use someone <laughs> yeah, to be but employed for that reason. That that's my fault. That is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but but more or less, like um, USA is very much like 
it's not, it's not a bad, I guess it's in necessarily a good or bad way, but they're very babied. Um, like they get looked after very well with like, there's always, there's always staff around them. Like if they need any help with stuff. So they've been probably been told that not to go out in the USA kit, but, uh, I wasn't told that, but I just ran it on gear and I went to like some random park and it was pretty crazy. Cause like, it was like old, like Soviet, like gym, like pull up bars and shit. And I was just running part and I was like waiting for, um, just to see that freaking that Rocky Balboa character. What's his name? The, the blonde guy, Rudolph Ralph or something, whatever. I know like, just like training there guy. about to beat up Rocky Balboa. Like it just seems like mm-hmm. one of those environments. But that's it exactly was like, what I expect. Yeah, it's exactly what you expect. Like that's the one thing I think I, I got out of it. It was like, this is exactly what I expect. But the stadium that George and I and well, World Athletics competed at, it was like this big basketball stadium. It was actually pretty sick. It was massive. It was. Yeah, and it, it had like sweet. the massive like uh, billboard of like this the top Serbian athletes were on there, which I thought was super cool. And then they had like some of the other top stars. Um, it's kind of seating. Like, yeah, it, it looked really day, sick. It was pretty full. Yeah, it, it was, looked it pretty was, sick. Was, it was pretty uh, hot was there it? too. Actually, it was like really hot. So dry. Yeah, my throat. Well, looking back, maybe I had COVID, but yeah. my throat <laughs> was like so dry and sore right after the race in. Yeah, classic indoor shit. Was the track yeah. itself like pretty good? Like a pretty good indoors track? It felt pretty good. But it did. Was like, it's not fast though. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's probably more of a traditional indoor track where the times probably aren't like as relevant as outdoor. Like I'd say it's faster. Like it's, it's not as fast as outdoor track, but it's a nice track. Because mm-hmm. the 60 meter in the middle though was very quick. Apparently like... Um, Chris Douglas, who was doing the 60 hurdles uh, for Australia, said that the, 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 like, the track was really fast, very, very bouncy on the, in the middle. So it was fast for 60s. Um, but in general, like, I don't think it was, a, like, it was a nice track, very well surfaced, but it just wasn't quick, I think. I mean, we're Which, talking about like, compared to Boston. Not, not an issue for a championship, so it's all good. Yeah. No, it was a good track for like a championship race, I think. Yeah. Championship racing. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I guess we'll get into the racing experiences for both guys i mean yeah world indoors is pretty crazy it's for both these guys it was heats and finals so george had heats for the 3k which is i mean you're 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 very strong right now so that's probably like you looked at that as probably like a bit of a good thing like but it is kind of intimidating racing a couple of 3ks within a couple of days of each other but um we'll go george race first george was on the first day and the third day right and ollie was second and third day mm-hmm. so we'll go to george first um how was it kind of like going into that heat like how were you approaching it and then yeah i mean obviously the result went in your favor like you you like executed your race plan really well so was everything kind of like according to plan for the heats i'd say yeah i mean i was i kind of always look forward to prelims even though yeah running two three k's in three days is like a little intimidating just something i haven't done before but like i always think prelims are so fun just like completely putting i mean like and even in final like time out the window and just like competing for a spot but also like you kind of treat you have to treat it like a final but you also know like if it is going well you want to conserve like a little bit there's like so many different factors going on in like a prelim yeah it suits your style a lot i think it does yeah and i like i remember the like in subway mile prelims was so much fun um but yeah i feel like i probably good reference george ended up <laughs> love, the reference. love the reference george i think i ended up with probably the strongest heat oh you could 
argue that if you want. I don't actually. No, I, I agree with that. I had that's, like that's, I had that's, in it. I guess he ended yeah. up winning. So that was. How do you first say his first name? Salmon. Salmon, I think. Salmon. Salmon And had yeah. like Machal, who had been having a ridiculous season so far. Um, but I guess either way, I just try and run it like for not the time spot. You just try and get top four. Oh, you executed it so well. Like it was yeah. pretty, yeah, pretty cool to watch. The start. Running the back is like so comfortable or like so relaxing in a heat like that where like the people were jostling up front a bit for position. And a 3K, like there's a lot of laps. It's it's so much easier to move around than a 1500. Where a 1500, like the pace is so much hotter and there's way less laps. It's like so much harder to make a big move. Mm. Get anywhere. But in a 3K, like... I must have just chilled to the back for like 2K probably. Yeah, yeah. but you weren't that far yeah, back. Maybe just before. I think Borrega took the lead with like 1,200. Yeah. twelve or 1,400 left. From when I watched right. it, you you weren't that far back. You like you moved up a bit when Borrega made the move too. So like you're like in the middle back, I think. Like you're in the perfect spot because you could see everything going on. So like as soon as Borrega yeah. was going to go, you're like, all right, now it's time to like move forward and make sure you queue. So... Definitely. I mean, if you watched it, it was just textbook George. It was so textbook. <laughs> it was like, holy George, shit, that yeah. was textbook. And the nice thing was, like, you obviously have to go into all prelims, like, treating it like a final in case it feels like a final. But I was lucky that I was like, oh, wow, this is so easy. Like, one of those ones. Yeah. I was like, That's oh, nice. this is – I'm chilling right now. <laughs> like, this is an absolute jog. And, I mean, also, it was a jog. Like, we were running pretty slow. I didn't even know what we were running but kind of only really had to start running hard the last like K. And then I just like followed people around and like fifth or sixth, just like looking at whoever was in fourth and then ran the last 300, like medium hard. Like I wasn't even trying. It was sweet. Yeah. That's sick. <laughs> you, got to, you got to pull up a bit at the end, didn't you? Yeah. I like jumped on Brega's shoulder. And I was like, wow, this is tight. This guy just won the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, so and I was like, well, I could sprint. But and then I looked back and there was like no one there. I was like, oh, so I just jogged. There's no need to. And then I was like, oh, that was so much fun. Isn't it crazy that if you pull up in the last like 20 meters of a race, your time difference might be like point, I don't know, point two, point three difference. But effort wise, it feels like like you put in like half the effort, I swear. Like mentally. I think it is a mental thing. Yeah. Pulling up, like it knowing, so good. <laughs> it's a mental, it's definitely a mental win there. Mental win. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's such a good confidence boost. And like, yeah, it was like, yeah, the easiest is. I mean, yeah. It was. What it about was after the race, George? Somebody came up and uh, was a, was a fan of fan of us. I did get like a coffee club uh, shout out, like while I was warming up on that little yeah. loop. You said to do loops like of the yeah. stadium outside, and some like young Serbian kid was like yelling coffee club. It's freaking sweet. So, we're, so we're, we had we're, we're hit the Serbian, the Serbian market. market, and then he came and got a photo in the stadium later. That was great. Oh, I got to so see that sick. photo. Shout out to that serving kid. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm assuming listening. He said he was pretty into it. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Well, thanks for being a fan, bro. Yeah, appreciate you. But, that was my prelim. Yeah. Do you want to go? Should we go then to Ollie's? Let's prelim? go chronological. Yeah, let's do it. Quick. Well, Alicia was next. Yeah. Quick shout out. I'm wearing Alicia's shirt right here. Yeah, yeah so Alicia, three K. Yeah. Her race yeah. was crazy. There were 20, 20 chicks. I, that's what that, I thought. I I don't know why they didn't have prelims. They like, should the have had prelims. Long prelims. Yeah. What is up with that? Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, the women 3K is a straight final and it's on the first day and there's no reason that I can think of that. Yeah, yeah. they don't have heats as well. And as soon as I <laughs> turned it on, I'm like, there's just too many people on the track. But um, in like... 
they actually didn't go out crazy quick either at the start. Like their race kind of like got going like towards the end, but there was just a was, lot of bodies. There was there was a were, lot. Of, they a were lot walking, of yeah. But um, how do you guys? You guys want to do a rundown of it? It was like it was one of those races where the amount of moves being made was like just constant. Like someone was making a move, like in the last like K or so, and it was chaotic because there was just like a bunch of people there and they were just giving it all and i mean these women are like so so amazing and i mean i don't i don't really know how to better describe it but it was just like they you could just tell that all these ladies were just absolutely going for it in the last game making these fat moves and alicia did a really good job i think i think it was difficult to to stay relaxed and like maintain because like those types of like pace changes and stuff and the jostling there was definitely a lot of jostling in it like that stuff kind of adds up but she i mean she came seventh in the end right yeah which is like obviously it was amazing still but yeah, very for reference the i think the three girls at middle closed their last k in 241 yeah which is like pretty much 64 and they closed in like 58 59 seconds yeah, yeah so that was it. pretty amazing and, and alicia still i think she closed in like 246 or something which is still so fast that's like pretty 60, freaking quick the yeah. last k but yeah, that was kind of the difference in like a, in a really tough technical race. Like I think, I think for Alicia too, like, like for Alicia as well, just like running as a as a ten k athlete, running a three k against girls that are fifteen hundred meter runners. It's like in a race like that, that's much more tactical and reliant on your speed. I think Alicia did such an amazing job, and uh, to be able to compete with those girls and be competitive at the world stage in an event that's probably like not what you've been used to. Um, at that level was pretty sick so she did a great job i thought and it's just it made no sense <laughs> to why they did not have prelims but hopefully next time they'll 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 sort i think that like people watch that and they're probably like yeah we should have had prelims so hopefully also next because time. i bet a prelim would have would have benefited alicia as like 100 as the 10k runner coming down like yeah she's easily strong enough to run two of them whereas 1500 runners like oh sweet i only have to run one yeah <laughs> And they yeah. can close like really hard because they got nothing else. Like yeah. if they're trying to qualify and they're they're in a sit- tough situation or tough heat, that takes a lot out of you, you know. So um, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if they had prelims. But hopefully next time. Anyway, good job, yeah. Alicia. Yeah, yeah, yeah great job to to Ellie oh, Career. True, she came second, right? Yeah, that silver. was pretty amazing. So silver medal at Wells indoors, nothing to nothing to what's the saying. I don't know. I'll be, I'll be in that COVID brain fog. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so then that was all on day one. And then the next day was Ollie's heat. Bright and early in the morning. In the US, all these races, if it was like towards the start of the session, were like really early in the morning, which I guess yeah. makes sense for time difference. <laughs> uh, but I was watching and you were in the final heat. So you, you like knew what time you had to run. And I think the cutoff time was probably... I could be wrong, but I think it was around 38 or something, wasn't it, going into... It was like 38 point something, yeah. And, and then Ollie's heat... You had you had uh, Kipsang in your heat, who... I mean, that guy's pretty quick, right? Yeah, it was pretty funny, honestly, because I was yeah, actually... So yeah. Yeah, so I... Okay, I, I'll give you the context to it, because, like, you're down in the call room just sitting there, chilling out, and, uh, like... Literally, everyone's just like, you know, there's nerves. People are jumping around and, you know, like that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. keep saying just like nothing. But he's like this close to the, to the TV screen, staring at it, just looking at the times. 
And, uh, I, and I looked at I looked at this other guy. I was like, dude, this guy's gonna rip because he's like looking <laughs> at the times, adamant about what times they were. And I'm pretty sure what one of the um, Serbian volunteers told him that one of the heats was 3:34. Oh, which really? was not right, which is not right. <laughs> just throw a little spanner in the way. And what happened was, I was like, okay, he's going to rip, like knowing this guy from like the Olympic semifinal where he broke the Olympic record running 331 in the, um, in the right. semi. And I'm like, okay, he's going to rip. So we get out on the track and he just drops a 54-second first 400. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, It's like, oh, I was like, okay, it's interesting. So I, I kind of just went out and went out like pretty hard but try to make sure that i was like chilling i think i, I went through like seven and then we, he just came back though he slowed down and then he slowed down even more and i'm like dude we're not even gonna like have guys come through like because you know usually the fourth heat usually they they push the time so that like a lot of people could qualify and he just slowed super far down to the point where it was like literally a classic ollie um training rep where it's really fast to start slow down and then fast at the end that's what we did in the race, and you felt uh, right at home. so I felt right at home. Yeah, I just sat on, I sat on Kip Sang, and like um, just made sure that I could get those because it was only top two that qualify for the final, um, particularly if you went running the time. So I, yeah, I just made sure I was next, like you know, near him, and yeah, I kind of eased up at the end, and I definitely felt good from that as well. Yeah, well, it was, it was a pretty. Uh, I think I ran thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah, you ran thirty-seven. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, from where I was watching, like I was like, I mean, yeah, you obviously ran it like super well and did it and got in all good. But like, I was like glad that you didn't get right on him because I was like, this is so unnecessary. Yeah, like, dude, just chill. And you like spotted him like a good amount of distance, just like leading the next pack because like there was no way he was gonna just keep that up. Nah. And then it was pretty funny though. I was like, I, I, like I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't think it was going to be like a 54, you know? I thought it might be like a 57 yeah. or 56. But he you just did took the off. classic Ollie off the line. He did, yeah. Everyone knows that how Ollie loves to get the front, to the front off the line. Ollie was just like, I'm, I saw like your first couple of steps, you were like maybe a hair behind where you normally are and you almost got really aggressive with the people around you. <laughs> like you almost started throwing hands to get to the front. I was like, Ollie, you don't have to be at the front just yet. And then you like relax for a second and then just like went around people. So yeah, yeah. you know, I brought up a couple other things that I wanted to address in regards to, to your racing there, Ollie. Firstly, you had, you, I don't, I guess you probably always do this. You had a fat, like, same leg, same arm start. Dude, every time he does. So I always fun. start like that. Why? Why do people do that? I don't know. I don't I don't know. I've, I've, I've done that since I was like, since I started running. That's how the way I've started, and I just haven't changed it. I don't, I don't know why, but like in the race, like on the start, and it was so pronounced for some, for whatever, <laughs> for whatever reason, like it was just like, it was just, I don't know. It's like, and a lot of people do do it. Obviously, it's like, I guess if it's just what feels right. Like, do you do it all the time? Like when you start a rep, if you started a rep like standing, you would do it as well? Probably, yeah. I mean, like I don't think about it. So like yeah, I'm natural. guessing I've been doing it since I've started running and it's pretty yeah. stupid, but <laughs> I mean, it still works. So. It yeah. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to address is the speed suit. Speed suit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude. It was a, I mean, it looked cool. It did look cool. A, a, little, a little spacey in a couple of regions. One of the regions being around the arms, which, I mean, you're not – it's made to fit some guys with pretty big arms, like Rowan Browning's arms, like 
fits his arms pretty well, but he's a sprinter. He's got big arms. Also a little bit baggy in the penis region. <laughs> yeah. Is that a concern of yours going into it? Because I could see, I mean, I know what your penis looks like and, and it was, it was captured really well through the pants <laughs> for anyone who was wondering. So was that a concern for you going into the race wearing it? No, like the, the issue was Athletics Australia didn't pack any tights for me, racing tights. So I was going to wear the racing top and the half tights and they didn't have that for me, which kind of blowed. Um, but they had a speed suit and there was a small and a medium and I put the small on and it was just way too tight around the chest area. Um, everywhere else was sweet. Like my legs, like the groin area and the arms were sweet, but the um, chest area is way too tight. So I had to wear the mediums. And I didn't want to wear splitties. <laughs> so I was like, oh, screw it. I'll just own it. Like, if you're going to wear something like that, you just got to gotta own it. And, and, and that's what I tried to do. Um, Didn't but, we learn yeah. afterwards that Jakob's, because this is like the Puma kit. Yeah. And we're oh, like, yeah. how does Jakob's not have sleeves? But didn't we learn that he cuts them off? He's cut them and the, the, the seams of them have been stitched back on. Oh, he literally like You can, like, you can see back. they've been hand stitched because they're not as like, they're not straight. They're kind of like, pretty smart honestly yeah but i think he's had that he he raced in that at the like it's the same speed suit that he's racing probably a well his, his older brother has been wearing the speed suit since like the fir- very yeah. first time i saw him race which i feel like it was like 2012 or like 2012 olympics or something yeah right? like they like henrik like they've been wearing that exact same speed suit for so long now so i guess they've they've got it down they they know how to uh that you got to do the custom sizing i guess to get it to fit but no it was it was yeah, overall looked pretty sick. It was just and like I don't know. I don't think anyone minds like seeing a bit of dong like on their TV screen like when you're racing. So it was pretty cool. So thank you on behalf of everyone that got to witness it. You're welcome. Bye. You're welcome. <laughs> so that was day two. Uh, Coffee club two two for two finals. Yeah, making it through. I'm trying to think of what else happened day two. I didn't, that was a very exciting high jump competition going on right at, at your race. But you had to wait a long time to start, didn't you, because of the high jump? 10 minutes. Riss was pissed off. He was so angry about that. Um, yeah, well, it was actually very cool because uh, Aussie girl, um, Eleanor Patterson, got the silver medal, which was pretty sick. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, so the girl that won was the Ukrainian girl, so the crowd was going nuts, and it was pretty sick to see her win that like event. Yeah, that was um, hashtag good for the sport. That was hashtag very good for the sport. It was really cool to see the crowd get behind her, and everyone was just like – it was very, very – like it was a cool moment to be like in the area for. It was not a great moment, though, for me being on the line, waiting 10 minutes to race uh, a prelim. That wasn't great, but yeah, um, definitely makes sense. You know, like that's like the attention was like being drawn to to that event going down because it was like a showdown between the two. So um, that was pretty sick to be like there other than being like waiting for a race. But yeah. Yeah. So that was the two. And then so I didn't realize that I like I, I guess I hadn't considered this, that you guys were in different hotels so you guys weren't really like seeing each other were you we saw each other oh, at the track but yeah, that's just it. the track and we like tried to coordinate pre-meet together and then a couple of times all then alicia would eat at my hotel because mine was the hotel right next to the track so they could just walk back mm-hmm. and have dinner at my one but yeah. yeah most of the time yeah we were pretty separate yeah so yeah that kind of sucks it's weird it's weird that like you spend all this time with your teammates like us like we literally live together like do everything together and then you go to the world champs and you're like just room with someone who like george you literally met was this the first time you met your roommate 
Hamish? No, I met him really briefly okay. at home, but okay. basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's cool because it's it's, it is all, cool. it's all like really cool people there, and it's like being part of those teams is like one of the funnest things. Like especially world indoors compared to like outdoors or Olympics, the teams are so small. You get like pretty close. It's very like especially the New Zealand team. <laughs> how big was the New Zealand team? Five athletes, I think, and like four basically staff. It was pretty funny. Five athletes, four staff. Yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. cool. So you get very friendly with everyone, which is which is really nice. But uh, yeah, going into the final day, you guys both have your finals. How how are we feeling like race day? I was um, feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah you would. Ollie was late in the day, <clears throat> and so like he was chilling, got a COVID test. I had to like get up kind of early to shake out, and. Like, I was at, like, 12 o'clock. Ollie was at, like, 7 or something. Yeah, which was strange. They didn't have the 3K in the afternoon. I thought that would have been, like, yeah. a logical thing. But I, I maybe that's the way I about it. And I was going to be able to come watch your race and yeah. just be able to do that. <laughs> just be done. Chill. Yeah. Um, no, definitely, like, I mean, morning of the first, first, like, major final, first world final. It's, like, exciting, obviously. Very exciting. Like, I wasn't – I'm trying to think if I was nervous or not. Like – I definitely, I think I was maybe more nervous for the prelim. I feel like prelims always kind of nerve wracking. And then that gave me like a ton of confidence. And yeah, I mean, I honestly felt like I had a good shot at being competitive as if it wasn't as long as it wasn't going like sub 7.30, which might've made it pretty tough, but like I was fit and had was feeling confident in like the last few laps. Um, yeah, I mean, Looking back, like, I don't know if I would have <clears throat> done the lead up a little differently. That's like something I think, I mean, you guys have both run world finals before, like Ollie, the Olympics. Like, I'm sure you learned a lot about the preparation there and you weren't that happy with how you ended up getting to the final. And like, like mentally, it's, 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 it's different. Like as you, as long, as many times you tell yourself, it's just another race. Like it's always going to be a slightly different, like, vibe and preparation going into like a world final and like you obviously learn from it and like gain that experience and i think ollie i'm sure learned a lot from the olympics one and like not getting caught up in it and i mean it's hard to tell whether i did or not but that's like some some takeaways looking back but yeah um yeah well how did the the race like play out for you (laughs) um yeah really badly unfortunately um it was a huge bummer uh and more so like because i had i mean not that it like i mean i had high hopes and like big expectations and i knew that if it was a race like basically anywhere over 740 probably even under like i've shown like in in movers i closed in 25 to run 739 i was like if i'm anywhere close to the front and it's not going 7.30, like there are very few people that I can't be at mm-hmm. the front. Definitely. And um, yeah, wasn't to be. I was pretty fucked within like a few laps, just so tired. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you could look at like a million reasons why <laughs> and you know, if it's just like not fit enough to run two, three Ks, like maybe like the mental stress, like is obviously like your body doesn't know the difference between being tired from running or being tired from 
building this thing out. And like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to like make any excuses about it. Like those guys at the front of Olympic champs and yeah, yeah got it done. Yeah. But interestingly, like maybe the top like six or seven guys or have like, like they're almost mostly like 10K runners. Yeah. They, which is pretty interesting. Strength. It is. Wait, how many, I'm like, not trying to say this is exactly why. How many days later did you test positive for COVID? I wonder if you had COVID yet. I mean, just one. Yeah. The next day. So, so. So that could obviously also be, a, uh, yeah, as you said, like it's hard to say. I mean, I think I definitely had COVID yeah. that day. Like if I took a PCR test instead of the antigen test to leave the country, I think for sure I was yeah. staying in Serbia for the <laughs> mandatory week quarantine. Yeah. Like there's no way I didn't have it. Yeah. But I mean, I wasn't, I didn't feel like, I mean, I didn't know what it felt like. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it sucked. I wanted to like compete for a meal and ended up like, I don't even know, just not even close to being able to feel like I could run that. And I was, yeah, I mean, mostly I was just like pretty angry afterwards. Like, you know, just in trying to like find a reason for, for why that kind of thing happens. And like, I've struggled doubling before. Obviously, and, and, and this is before I knew I had COVID. So, like, you was just trying to find a, an explanation and, like, looking back. Yeah, because you want to be able to, like, fix the problem. Yeah, so exactly. You find the problem. And, like, I I struggled doubling within a week. Like, we learned that at Milrose and Staten Island, like, a week later, I'm so tired still. And, like, last year trying to qualify for the Olympics, like, going to Portland twice in a week because the first one feels great. I'm like, oh, I can run two seconds faster than that, no problem go back five days later, run five seconds slower because I'm so tired. We were also sleeping on air mattresses on the ground. <laughs> we didn't have the best accommodation going into that. No, no, no. There's so there are other factors there too. I mean, um, yeah, there's, there's a million factors you come up yeah. with. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, that, that, that's a valuable takeaway though. And yeah. like, obviously recovery for me is like the hardest thing. I like the most, the, the thing I struggle with the most in running, like I have to take two days off a week. That's how much I can't recover from running yeah like i think i like running hard takes a lot out of me even when it feels easy mm. like i'm always just i gotta find ways to recover faster yeah no it's like honestly that's it's a very valid takeaway like to and something that definitely like going forwards you can you can think about more like how to change your training so that doubling you mm-hmm. can just do better because that i mean that does make sense obviously sucks to find that out yeah. Again, I like world indoors, but I mean. And I don't want it to be like a straight final like Alicia. Yeah. Like maybe that'd be a lot easier, but I want to run the prelim. Like the yeah. prelim's sweet. <laughs> prelim's prelim's. fun. There should be a prelim. Yeah. I just want to be able to do it. Yeah. You know, as yeah. opposed to change that. Yeah. And then, and for sure there's like, like, I don't know. I was talking to Ritz about it afterwards. Like he thought I seemed a little more worked up than usual before the race. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe I was. Like I was pretty excited about it and I also couldn't run. Like I didn't shake out either race because like I had a pretty fucked up foot. And so I was probably like a little stressed about that. And yeah, I think going like now I've got one world final under me and now, and Ollie came through so much better in his second one. I like, I'm like comparing it to came up this, this funny analogy for like gaining experience, but like that kind of thing puts so much stress on your body. It's like, Actually, Jason said this. Like, you know, when you go into like 
a haunted house, like a scary, <laughs> you know, like a scary maze or yeah, something. Like, and like someone that. jumps out at you, like right at the start. <laughs> it's like the scariest thing ever. Yeah. And like freaks you out. Yeah. And then like you go to like the next person that jumps out and it's like pretty scary still. And it's like super stressful. Yeah. But then like a couple of people on, <laughs> the fourth or fifth guy to jump out at you with a chainsaw. It's like, bro, is that, is that chainsaw even real? Yeah. <laughs> what is that thing? Yeah, that's and a it's really like, good analogy. And it's like, you don't even actually have to do any, you don't actually have to do anything different. Your body is just like now recognizes that stressful event and just reacts differently to it. And it's not such a big and stressful thing anymore. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Ollie can have his <laughs> comparison to his first one. I mean, and you've run a couple now. Like, yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good analogy. It's just experience. Honestly, man. Like, yeah, it does, yeah. It's like some, some people go there and they make it look easy like their first definitely. time, but it's like, it's like, I mean, that's not like reality. That's like not the norm and experience definitely matters and is important. So yeah, for you, it's like you got, you got a, yeah, a big amount of experience from going there and racing. And I mean, at the end of the day, it is just world indoors. Like it's, it's a big deal to go there and do well, but also there are like, there's a lot of other stuff. So it's like, uh, you know, you you would look at look at it as just like hopefully the first of many like similar experiences and yeah, bigger experiences when you're looking at like world outdoors or like the Olympics and stuff. So yeah, I think that's a pretty good takeaway. That's a really good way of putting it actually. I like that analogy. That's that, me that too. I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh so then as we said, Ollie was later in the day. Ollie, how uh how was your kind of experience going into the final? It's uh, dude, the fifteen hundred, like I guess it's the same with the three K, but the fifteen hundred is it's cool because I feel like, dude, you're right. <laughs> I was just trying to stop a cough by having yeah. some water and I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> the 1500 is like, there's all these athletes that like just got a lot of egos, you know, but Jakob is all like tatted up now looking like super cool and everything. It's like, dude, he's got a new tattoo that I love. Are you a new favorite tattoo? I he's think he's on, his, sick, on his, uh, on his legs, on his thighs, he's got, um, Fuck, ex- fuck expectations. You make your own, like on two different oh. separate, separate thighs. <laughs> and I thought, I'm looking at that and I'm like, it's pretty cool, bro. I'm feeling cool. pretty inspired right now. Pretty inspired right now. That, that's giving me yeah. the motivation I needed for this race, mate. Thanks a lot. Interesting. He tattoos in English. You no, know, he's got he's got some in Norwegian and then some in English. Yeah, but like when you when you close up, you can see them more because it looks like when you're further away, it looks like you know like an old school desk. But yeah. When you're closer in, you can kind of see everything. And dude, a lot of these tattoos are so sick. They're yeah. all very like Nordic themed too. Um, he's got some like Viking shit there too, so that's pretty sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Like, okay. So, like, the for me, like George said it pretty well, um, because that was the one thing I was thinking with Dathan when we were talking about George's race. It's like when you're in those positions, racing in those type of races, like we're kind of at you're at the height of the sport we do. Really, you're competing at like a world championship, so having the experience and learning from that is just like so valuable and to just get used to being into that environment um so for me like coming away from the olympics was my first experience and being in that environment i definitely like never wanted to feel like that again like that kind of like just over just not feeling in control and going into worlds i felt very very good um very confident and relaxed and i think that was the one thing is just confidence like i knew how to handle it i've been through it before um so going into the race, I was very confident and very relaxed. And like, and I also just thought like, no matter what happens, I have to like come away with it to be like positive 
like proud of myself in some way. Like even if like I got completely roasted, but I ran as hard as I could and like executed the race that I wanted to execute, I wanted to be proud of it. Um, so that was like also the mindset I had going in. And I didn't know where it would go quick, but I knew like at least the Farah or um, Jakob would take it at some point because I just knew that like particularly with an indoor race in 1500, once it's out in a very hot pace, like it's very, you can't, it's almost impossible to pass, particularly at a world like level like that with the amount of class in that field. So I was trying to make sure I would respond to that. And if I was in that top three bracket um, that I could medal, and that was the goal, obviously. And yeah, the race went out hot and I tried to stay on to Jakob. And then I kind of got overtaken by Kip Sang and uh, Lenny. And, and then the race went out really well. But it just couldn't, like, the two guys in front of me, the Ethiopian and the Kenyan, just, like, kept moving around. And I just couldn't get past them. Like, to, to drop another second to go past them, I'd probably get cooked and not be able to finish. And they would pass me at the end. So I kind of got caught at the behind them a little bit. And I thought, I think with a lap to go, I thought, oh, if I can really, I need a George moment. Like, I need a George moment to, like, really, because if, if I closed down, they actually went wide and I stayed on the inside. If I could have gone again, I might have been, competing for a medal but it wasn't meant to be and i finished the race i was actually pretty angry really? <laughs> disappointed because i went from you know the olympics i was you know near the back to being very close to a medal but not yet i just thought that like oh shit like i was so close and that kind of mentality initially i was kind of pissed off but then afterwards i like kind of went you know what like that's a great improvement <laughs> you know you're up there competing with the best um for a medal and and that was great you know, keep saying was fourth at the Olympics. Um, you know, you're Jakob and Tefera, like to be a, up there and be close to those guys and compete like that. I think I, I took that away as being very proud of where I was and, and leading into outdoors and um, races to come. I was like, you know, like, that's a good positive move forward and I should be really happy with it. But initially I was kind of pissed because I was like, I was so close to a medal. And I also thought if I just hung on or like hold held my position with Jakob at the start I might have been able to stay in that top position but you never know um but overall yeah really happy with with the race but disappointed that I couldn't come away with a bit of silverware but um it was a great learning experience and it was a lot of fun yeah I mean it's like obviously uh, your expectations are so high now that uh if you have really high expectations like it's gonna be really difficult and yeah it makes sense I guess to be annoyed when you don't hit them but then you take a step back and you're like, shit, I just came like fifth in the world or whatever. It's like, man, that, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty sweet. Like that's nothing like no small feat at all. So, uh, that is pretty sweet. Like you're literally like, you're literally like right there. Like it's, it's I like, just wanted to be a heavy hitter, Morgan. I just yeah. wanted to be one of Morgan's heavy hitters. That's all I wanted. Yeah, dude, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're pretty close, man. If I was top four, maybe, but yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe we'll check in next time, but I don't know. It was I, – I, I was watching the race. I was very excited for you. you I thought you looked amazing, honestly. Like even I like felt four, really good. 400 to go, I thought you looked like very like – especially in your face and every, like just everything. Like looked very like composed and just like you were like running your race. And I mean those guys were just like getting after it. Like it was, it was a pretty like pretty intense race. Like they were not mucking about. And, not like, mucking about. No, Jakob is like Olympic champion, world record holder indoors now. Tefera is the previous world record holder in the previous indoor 1500 meter. Like these are literally like the best in the world and like it's essentially like 
close to like some of the best of all time as well. So it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's intense and, you know, right there. So it's like, it's very impressive. So I don't know. I don't really have much to say except good job. Yeah. I did fail <laughs> watching that. Like I thought you ran that race, like pretty much like 99% spot on. Like you were in such a good position. If any single one of those guys like faltered, yeah. or, like didn't have their best day, but like you just have to be in a race <laughs> where those four guys were just like, all on and like not a, one of them really had a misstep yeah they were and on. they were definitely on like shit it was such a good field it was yeah. i don't know why i was like so nervous and like well like and excited i was like in i was like crying watching yeah. the race <laughs> at really the like, end george george like, i was on the rail like we just like went down to the rail and i was like yelling and like i was literally crying it was crazy i didn't i had like mad goosebumps it was like the weirdest watching experience like i was like and it was like a lot of emotions from my race that i hadn't processed as well probably because i was just like oh i'm just gonna like get ready to watch all these race like i had, didn't even think about it till then and i was just like yelling so hard that i got yeah. it was like super emotional it was weird it was pretty but, yeah, it's, i was, it was like, so proud of you that was the one cool thing as well with world indoors is having alicia and george and, and dathan and jason there like those like people that because obviously when you when you go and join like at a world championship or, or like anything like that like you have people there that like obviously respect you and are excited for you and, and your events but you haven't got people there that have seen day-to-day what you do to lead up to it so the emotional investment that you get out of watching george and alicia race um having dathan there having jace like because they've seen everything you've done so like when a result comes through and you're there and you're a part of it at such a big world stage it, it can it's just very rewarding because every day you've seen them work really hard to get to where they are and um to be able to be a part of that and be there and like support them as well like was is a pretty cool feeling so having having like a good chunk of the team there um was really sick i did fail though because i i i i said i was gonna ask Jakob to be on the pod and i didn't ask him because <laughs> oh, i didn't on. see him well because he got second i didn't want to piss him off you didn't catch covid though yeah that's, that's true but important. i didn't want to piss him off too because he got second i was like i don't want to piss him off i'm gonna i'm gonna go <laughs> Yeah, he was. Did you guys see his post for his interview? Yeah, pretty, that's yeah, pretty funny. yeah. Well, it's hard to tell if he was mad or it's just like the way he is. Because uh, the interview asked him if you could go back and race that race differently, would you? And his reply was, "Well, if I'd known that I would race like shit, then it, like if I would have been shit, then yeah, I would have." That's like what he said. He's like, "If I had known I would have been shit, yeah, I would have done something different." Because he was like, <laughs> "It's pretty Damn. funny. It's pretty awesome." But and then he found out, I guess, like a day later that he had COVID. So Jakob racing with COVID and having his worst race is silver. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty so, crazy. <laughs> can't relate. <laughs> can't relate. I don't know, yeah. but uh, that does kind of lead on to to one of our Q and A's today. We could just run that real quick, yeah. which, which was about Jakob, and it was if Jakob racing with COVID and then being glorified for it is hashtag good for the sport or not good for the sport, which we were talking before and we haven't really seen the glorification of him for that. But then again, we wouldn't really see it because we don't really like follow like a lot of stuff that would be doing that. Like, I don't know where you glorify someone, what forums you have to go on, but I don't know. Is it, is it good for this? I mean, I think like there's no way he knew he had COVID. So I think it's, yeah. Honestly, looking at him, because I was obviously like when I was in the call room, he had a mask on all the time. Like we all wore masks until we like literally went out um, onto the track. Um, 
he didn't look any different. He didn't look stressed. You know, well, he's not going to be stressed, but he didn't look like there was any symptoms that like no coughing, no sneezing, no nothing. He looked pretty normal. Like, mm-hmm. so there was nothing. He was probably asymptomatic. He could be, but I think, I think if he is being glorified, then that's probably. I think not I think if he's glorified for it, like it's just the wrong way to look at it. In the sense of like, if you go and compete, say you, if you had any like, I'm not saying COVID's nothing, but if you had like a cold or an illness and you raced and you didn't race as well as you should have but then they glorify you because you were sick like it's just a bit it's a bit weird I don't, like, yeah. he, like he just the situation happened he got covid and he still finished silver it's pretty fucking good but yeah i guess i guess i do understand what happens though because like i guess he's not like he knew he had covid otherwise no. he wouldn't have been competing and then it's like i guess if they're glorifying him through like the mindset of like Wow, this guy had COVID and he still got silver. Still got silver, yeah. That is very impressive. It's so. just impressive, and he, it's not like so. he was saying that. He didn't like post like in that story, like, "Look, guys, I got COVID. I mean, like, I could have won." He didn't yeah. say that. He was just he was just announcing the facts. Like, it was just a fact that he had yeah. COVID. Yeah, and I think I think he probably realizes too. I don't think his ego needs to be like fueled anymore. Like he's a Olympic <laughs> champ, so I think for him, he's just looking at it, going, "Okay, like I got COVID." I don't think he was thinking, "Oh." That's why it raced bad. I think he might have raced shit because oh, of tactics. I feel like he probably, I feel like he might be thinking that. Don't you think? I don't know. I think tactic-wise, maybe he yeah, might be he was saying, like, I don't know why I felt like shit. And then he tested positive for COVID a day later. So I think Yeah, that's true. I think he is kind of saying, like, well, this is a potential big reason why I didn't, yeah. I didn't win. Like, I do, I do legitimately think, like, when I saw it, that's kind of, and I don't the, mean that in a negative way at all. I think it's just, it's just a way of, like, okay, this is what happened to me. Like, this yeah, is what I had. You know, the way, like, uh, Jakob and his brothers operate is very, uh, not like robotic, but they, like, they're the type of guys who, like, like, he, he can go out and run 330. Like, you know, he can, like, do that kind of, and, like, they're kind of like metronomes like that. Like, I've said that before. And so, I think he was kind of like, well, I like based on my training and my calculations, like I feel like I should have been able to go out and run at the front and hit these certain splits and win the race. And then he wasn't able to do that. So, and I think, so I think he was kind of like, like, why, why was I off today? And then I think that was potentially his, his answer. His answer. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's kind of how I interpreted it, but yeah, he's, uh, he's still pretty good at running though, I guess. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's still pretty good. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, going back to you all again, like, yeah, you had an amazing performance, so it's gonna be pretty sick. And um, now you're back home, leading right into the national championships. I guess I should say, is there anything else from Serbia that we want to cover before we move on? The beer was all right. The beer was all right. <laughs> yeah, some George and I had some Serbian beers at the end. It was actually not too bad. It was very like lager type of beer, right? It wasn't. It was very like good cold, very good when it's like really cold. Hit the spot. Hit the I'm spot. It's good to, good to see them. And yeah, nothing else really coming from Serbia other than that. Yeah. No. It was cool being a part of like the national team for the first time. Put on the black singlet the first time. Yeah. Got to like hang out with Tom Walsh a bunch in the weekend, which is pretty cool to hang out with that guy. It was like he, I mean, one of the best to do it. Around block a few times. I don't know how many medals he's got. Oh, dude, he's one of the best he's probably one of the most decorated track and field athletes man and he's like just so chill during those competitions it's really? freaking sweet yeah it was being a thrower seems pretty fun i don't know i most throwers i meet are like really cool guys honestly they're, yeah. like, they're super cool so it was pretty funny though i was jason was working on me and jason had his new zealand stuff on 
And Tom Walsh yeah. just literally just rocks in and goes, why are you working on that fucking Australian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so to give some context, we talk about Jason a bunch. That's our chiropractor, and he's, like, based here in the U.S., but because of his affiliation with us, George was able to get him to be, like, the New – what was his official position? He was the New Zealand team like, – I think it, his accreditation said, like, Team Medico or something. So, he, he was, yeah. yeah. So he, he got to go, run. Which, was, which was cool, and he got to – and – Jason is a huge nerd for like high, like anything like biomechanics, high performance. Like he obviously applies it to us and it's like amazing to see, but for him to be there and be able to like work with like a bunch of like throwers, like different types of power athletes, like that would be like, he's like, yeah, he was loving it. He was like watching sprinters, watching like Tom's warm up and like taking notes and shit. Like, yeah, oh my was, God. Oh. oh my God. Welcome to the show. Jose, oh, you introduce who that is? So this is Jose in Australia. Jose, um, Jose Hor. The for anyone who's uh he's not watching, all he's brought on the uh wait, is that is it a blue tongue lizard or bearded dragon. Bearded dragon. You got the hat for I got my hat on and I'm just Yeah. That's the most Australian thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Like this combo. Yeah. <laughs> so, Give a kiss. New kissy. Little kiss. There he's we go. All right. He's actually, he's actually not having a great time because it's really cold here. So, Oh, that isn't good. Yeah, but he, he just wants to say congrats and sorry you guys have COVID. <laughs> thanks, sorry. Jose. Hope hey, you feel Jose. better. All right. And he is he is named after Carlos. He is named Carlos after Carlos. first name is, is Jose. He would <laughs> love it in Arizona, this bloke. Yeah, he would fit That's in real well in Arizona. So, yeah, I guess that is a nice segue into more Australian talk. So, yeah, you have nationals. What 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 days exactly are you competing? Uh, Wednesday's the heat and then Friday. In a, so, Wednesday in Australia is the heat. Friday's the final, which I think is Thursday, Saturday, Wait. if that's mm-hmm. correct. Or it's Tuesday. So, Tuesday, Thursday. Thursday. will come out in between yeah. races. Tuesday, yeah. Thursday. But... um. Cover that, yeah, yeah. Ethan final. <laughs> there's 50, 50 lads in the in the entries for fifteen hundred. So that's one of the biggest um, they've had. I don't think Stewie's actually been unfortunately not been well. I think he's from what Nick Badeau said, who's his coach and uh, agent, that he's been sick. Like he had COVID, and then he tried to get the booster to come to Serbia because you needed the booster, and he like was training through it, and like I think he's had some sort of like. Just not good reaction to it. Like he's been sick. To the booster or to like or to like just like doing the booster and then training through it, I think, for COVID or something. He's not been well. I don't know the full story of it, but he ran him at a box hill three K and didn't feel too great. So hopefully um he's doing okay. I think he's like been working out and stuff, but Bitters said he might not race the fifteen hundred because of it. Interesting. Which makes sense if he's not hundred percent, like there's no point to to make yourself feel worse or to push something when you need to recover. So um, hope it feels better. Um, but Jai Edwards, who won it last year, is, is in it. Um, Rambo's in it. Rambo. 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 But there's like a lot of good guys in it, so it should be a should be a good meet. Um, it'll be exciting. Yeah. My first ever national champs. So see That's how it crazy. goes. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's it's at Homebush now, right? <laughs> it's at Homebush, yeah. So it's like it's gonna be so weird. Like after all your experiences and all that you've achieved, coming back to like. For context, like this is the track that like our state championships were at, like when we were like young kids. Like we've been racing at the same track for like forever, so that's going to yeah. be really cool going back there. Um, 
Yeah, it's going to be high. And yeah, there is a lot of good Australians and a lot of really good young Australians. So I'm sure the racing will be be pretty sick. But uh, yeah, I don't know what, if there's much to preview with it, but we just, we, yeah. we hope Ollie goes and uh, gets a freaking national title. That'd be pretty cool. See mm-hmm. how it goes, but it'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited for it, particularly my parents haven't seen me um, compete in person. Well, I don't think any of our parents have seen us compete in person for a very long time. So this yeah, would wow. be um this would be like nice for them to come and come and watch me race yeah yeah and if you if you win you're automatically selected correct yeah that's so, that's true. that's the, that's the end game uh, worlds and worlds and com games i think both. i think both yeah nice. i think it helps for both yeah and yeah so that would be freaking awesome i mean that's why you're back there that's why you're competing in it so yeah i don't i good luck i guess i don't know yeah I don't know thank what you what else to say about it but I'm no, it should be fun it should be fun i mean yeah we'll see how See how it all goes down, um, but it'll be a good experience, I think, to to be able to finally compete at a national champs. So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of yeah. kind of covered everything. I don't what know. other Australian thing that you can update us on? What's the most Australian thing you're going to do in Australia? Um, well, I was going to go to a Swans game, which was tonight, but might not go just because I don't want to like get tired or overdo it. Fair enough. So, but easy. yeah, like the most Australian thing was last night we watched uh, Cronulla play the Dragons. Um, I fell asleep <laughs> during it, but I think Cronulla was looking good. Let me check the results. That's always rugby league team. For it's the Cronulla Sharks. It's uh, it's the big sport down under where it's he is. Sport. It's the oh yeah, they won thirty six to twelve against the Dragons. So it's a good yeah. job. Um, but yeah, well, other than that, obviously a big fan. Slept through. Well, I fell asleep. I was tired, bro. I was tired. Um, yeah, no, nah, but like, hanging out with my brother and, and his girlfriend's been been nice to catch up with them. Roger Hoare, um, who doesn't recognize me, is the pugget that was in the video before. Yeah, it's like an animal show now. <sighs> but here he is. Roger. Hello. Hello. For anyone who's listening, Roger Hoare, always pug, is now on camera as well, and he's very cute. And he got to meet Gus, his brother, for the first time today. He did. But um, no, everything's been good. Um, we'll probably just chill out and enjoy being at home the weather's been terrible and it will continue to be terrible it's just gonna like rain every day yeah um, well, i hope that changes for you yeah but it's, it's nice to be home and um yeah I, I hopefully good national champs most australian thing i'll do is i'm gonna have a meat pie george mm. yeah. and and uh also morgan yes. porto a porto. a porto i miss a porto a porto is my favorite fast food and there's no equivalent here in the u.s they just don't care about good chicken burgers like, i don't know why but it's like that's my favorite thing ever so i'm very jealous make sure you i'm gonna take a photo and send it to send it to you guys but i'm gonna get some porto um later yeah. on um but yeah no it's it's gonna be great being back here i'm excited to come home obviously and see you guys and uh and gus but when you guys don't have COVID, i'll be back so. <laughs> yeah well and, we miss uh, you, yeah and i and i um your mom did message me as well and said that we might catch up for a dinner so maybe my family and your family will catch up for dinner and i'll see the kitties at your house say hello yeah. we'll do. Yeah. We'll do. i think on that note that's uh episode yeah. 27 from that's the boys thank you very much for listening uh we'll see you guys next time see you next time guys